Thank you so much for joining me today. I am Yetunde and I talk to people about their journey into tech. Hello, today I'm talking to Colin about how to improve as a developer. So, what made you decide to get into tech? Yeah, um, a lot of different things. Um, I was very lucky that my family kind of had computers um, since I was a, a kid. Um, so, I spent a lot of time uh, kind of as a kid. Um, messing around with like PowerPoint. Uh, I used to build games in PowerPoint uh, with yeah. like the hover effects and everything. And so through doing some of that, it kind of like stumbled my way into programming. Um, and then as I kind of like went through high school, uh, had was lucky enough to have a job where I, I got to program um, and I got to kind of learn a little bit more about that kind of thing. Um, and then went into college with that knowledge started as a CS major and then uh, switched to economics actually. But um, yeah, so I, I guess I, I decided to get into tech because I was around technology and I really enjoyed it. So. Okay. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know you could make games with PowerPoint. That's yeah. I, uh, I didn't have any fancy like game making software or anything when I was a kid. I had like a, a Windows XP computer that didn't have any internet connection even. So um, yeah, you can use um, basically like the, the hover effects on PowerPoint. So they, they, you can do the animations on hover or on mouse click or anything. And so I used to make mazes so that you had to like move your mouse cursor through the maze. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> So what made you decide to switch your major from CS to economics? Yeah, uh, I deliberated over that for a long time. Um, but it pretty much was came down to I didn't feel that I was going to get what I wanted from the CS degree uh, at my school. It was a good program, but much more theoretical than I was interested in. I just wanted to be a developer. I didn't really care a whole lot about um, the theoretical sides of computer science and we didn't have a great program for just getting into software development. Um, at the time I was about two years into college when I switched. So at the time it, it was kind of a big decision cause I was going to be probably adding a little bit more time. Um, yeah. but it, it just made sense for me with some of the other stuff I was doing. I had already had a couple programming jobs kind of knew where I wanted to go. So I switched to economics because it was super interesting to me at the time and wasn't going to require a whole lot of extra work. Um, I pretty much just needed to finish the economics courses. Um, I didn't have any like prereqs or anything to finish. Yeah, I find that a lot of computer science uh, degrees is theoretical. That was the same in my school too. Yeah, it was mostly theory, like uh, like operating systems and I don't know things, not real programming. Yeah, yeah, things that are they. I mean, they were always cool to me. Like we would do like computer architecture classes, and I would find them really fascinating, but at the end of the day, I was like, this isn't super practical to any of the stuff that I'm really interested in working on. Um, and I kind of found that all the really interesting practical stuff I was doing out of class anyway. So switching yeah. just kind of made sense to me. Yeah, that's true. So um, how long have you been in tech? Oh man. Um, so professionally, depending on how you want to define professionally, um, my first job where I got paid to write code 
I was a sophomore in high school. Oh, so wow. that was ooh, probably eight years ago. Um, that was because at the time I thought I knew how to program really well. I thought I was a lot better uh, than I was. And I um, went to my boss. I worked at a library um, and they had they were rebuilding their website. And so I went to her and just said, hey, I think I'd be good to like work on this. I'm working in the computer lab anyway. Uh, do you just want to like let me work on the website? Uh, she did, which was really cool. Um, and then I broke everything and figured out that I didn't know enough to fix it, which was terrifying. Um, but, uh, it was a really good learning experience. I, I kind of caught a lot of hum, uh, humility from that. And, uh, uh, it was good. She was really cool. My boss was really cool about it. So, um, she let me go back in and fix it. I built them a website from scratch at that point. Um, and I didn't lose my job, which was great. Yeah, that's great. How yeah. long did it take you to rebuild it? Uh, a while. Um, we had been, so it was a WordPress site and we had been, um, kind of building on top of a different theme, uh, adding plugins in like editing plugin code when we needed to. And I guess at some point we just added something that didn't mesh and I didn't know what I had added that broke that. Uh, I just knew that something I did made everything stop working. Um, so I went back and like learned how to build WordPress themes from scratch. So instead of building off an existing theme, I built a new theme, uh, completely. And so it probably took like, I want to say like a month and a half just to even get like something that looks like a website. Um, and then from there, there was probably another like month of, um, working on adding all of the features and stuff. They actually still use the website today, which I find oh, hilarious. Nice. Yeah. That, that, you must have learned a lot from that uh, experience. <laughs> yeah, it was really my first experience with like design and development and like everything coming together. Um, I'd never really done a whole lot of like JavaScript and stuff uh, or PHP, which is all the WordPress side of things. Yeah. Um, I had like built a website. Uh, that looked terrible before this, like in HTML and CSS. And I was like, I know all of this stuff well enough to do this professionally now, uh, which was not the case in any way. That's true. Uh, so what challenges did you have while you were learning to program? Yeah. Um, you know, I think I was pretty lucky in a lot of ways. My, my brain kind of gets programming, um, which... I don't know how that happens or anything, but I, I was lucky enough that when I was learning this stuff, it, it made a lot of sense to me. Um, a lot of the challenges while getting into tech and like learning tech for me um, have been more around the, the structure side of things. I'm very much a, a like first pass builder. So I, I really enjoy building things um, when I don't need to worry about like other people working on them. Um, yeah. So once you start introducing like code reviews and uh, other developers to the project and like having to write like good function functioning code that like is performant, uh, that's where I start to have some issues. So, so learning all that stuff was um, probably the, the most challenging thing for me, uh, more, more of the people side of technology. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Most people think I'm programming. You don't really have to deal with people and you can just be on your own in the corner. Just yeah. write your own code. Well, I don't think that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely not. Um, if you're doing anything like 
at scale really right like unless you're somehow just the only developer on a thing and nobody else even has to like look at the code maybe you can get away with it but even then if you're building applications like everyone has to use them so they have to work well yeah okay so how do you think people can improve as developers do you have any tips yeah um so, I mean, I have a lot of stuff. Uh, this is something I think about a lot. I, I really like to write. Um, so I try to, to write some of this stuff down a lot. But um, I think my biggest tips for improving as developers uh, is probably number one, just like know what you don't know. Don't be too confident. Like a good job and a good uh company to work for will, will work with you at the skill level that you're at. And so you don't need to go in and pretend like you know everything or, or not ask questions because you're worried that you should know something. Um, I, I think a lot of developers, and I, I did this even in some of my early jobs, I would go in and I would be too afraid to ask questions um, mm -hmm. because the way that people were talking about things, it seemed like that I should just know them. Um, yeah. And I, it definitely is detrimental at times to think that you should just know something and not get clarification. I guess another thing, writing, uh, anything that you learn down is, is really incredibly good. Um, even if you think nobody wants to read it, you know, a good ecosystem is one that has everyone's opinions in it. And so having the opinion of a junior developer when you are a junior developer is incredibly good because senior developers forget things about being juniors. And, and so, just continuing to write down uh, what you're doing, the challenges you have, all that kind of stuff, um, I think is a great way to improve as a developer. So like a blog uh, to document your journey yeah. in tech? Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and I mean, it can even be like Twitter or uh, I, I write a lot on um, Dev2. Uh, oh, yes. I really like that site, but um, it's a great community. Um, but yeah, yeah, just putting it down somewhere. You never know who's going to stumble upon something that you wrote in five years or, you know, five months even. Um, and, and it's going to be exactly what they're looking for. I think we all kind of have that experience with websites every now and then where like you've been searching for something or like trying to find the answer to something and like you can't find it anywhere, you can't find it anywhere. And then suddenly like this old blog post appears that is like the exact answer to the thing that you are looking for. Um, <laughs> And if that person hadn't taken the time to write that down, it may have just never been a thing. Yeah, that's true. Do you have any more tips? Oh, I have, I have lots of tips. <laughs> um, one thing I fell into when I was an early developer um, was kind of like dogmatic programming. Um, and that there's a lot of stuff that goes into that, right? You have, what do you mean by dogmatic program? Sure. Uh, let me give an example. I think that's probably the best way. Um, so things like like the tabs versus spaces argument yeah. um, and, and things that just like, or them versus Emacs or like the one true way to do things. Um, at the end of the day, if the code runs, like it's a good way to do the thing that you're doing. Um, you can always focus on performance and, and everything once you have it working, but you can't do anything until it's working. And so when people get into those really like ideological uh, ideas behind programming of like, you have to do it this way. Um, 
I think those are more detrimental, um, especially to junior developers, to, to people early in their careers, because then they get locked into those ways of doing things and maybe they don't think outside the box the way they should. Um, yeah, I notice a lot of people uh, argue about things like that, especially on Twitter. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, and I mean, you know, Twitter is an interesting beast, I guess. People like to argue there a lot and there are some great opinions and then there are some like very questionable arguments that happen. Um, but I think overall Twitter is a good place. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, do you have any productivity tips, like how a developer can be more productive? <laughs> this one's a little counterintuitive in some ways. Um, and, and one that I think a lot of people, uh, would disagree with in some ways. Um, so, so I think that if you are having a problem, um, sometimes like sitting down and attempting to to write a tool to fix that problem is a great way to kind of like learn more about the problem, especially when you you kind of are used to working in code. For example, um, there's the the on on GitHub when you're merging a pull request, there's an open in GitHub desktop thing, and I really didn't want to have to have GitHub desktop installed. Um, I just really wanted to be able to click that link and have it check out that branch locally. Mm-hmm. Um, so so. In, I mean, this is a pointless tool. Like it takes two steps to do this uh, normally, but I wanted to do it in one step. And so I spent like all day or a whole day this weekend just working on, on getting that working. Um, And it's something that maybe I'll use and like maybe someone else will use, uh, you know, in its entire lifetime as a product that works. But uh, I learned a lot about that system and, and a lot about like the process that I was thinking about and, and how I could improve my processes so by kind of like thinking through that, um, I, I spent a lot of time to become more productive and when I, when I think about this problem the next time. You, you remember like, oh, I've, I've done something like this before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So did you get your issue fixed? I did. I, I actually, the, the thing I built works. Um, it's very hacky, um, but it works. So, nice. Maybe we can uh, put this on the show notes. So yeah, other people yeah. can see. It. Okay. Definitely. So, how's your career as a developer been? Very fortunate. Uh, I've been very lucky in that I kind of just stumbled into development and the jobs that I was interested in at a good time when when it was kind of a great time for the the entire field, especially in my area, like tech jobs are growing here a lot. Yeah, it's been, I, I mean, I really, really enjoy my job. Um, I really enjoy being a web developer and a friend developer in general. You got, you say you got your first job by, from the library. How did you get your other, your next job after that? Or your yeah. first real professional job, I guess. Yeah. So, um, I can talk about two things I think here. One, um, I had a few different internships in college that were all tech based, um, which were, I mean, essentially I was, I was lucky in those two because I didn't, I was not treated as an intern at any of the companies that I was at. I was treated as just like a full software development, uh, person. Yeah. So, um, I got to learn a lot about processes and and different things there. Um, and I got those by just, you know, meeting people and talking to people and, uh, finding jobs that I was interested in. Um, and then 
I guess, uh, my real first tech job, again, I was pretty lucky. Um, I kind of was just in the right place at the right time and knew some people that were starting a tech company. And so they were looking to hire some engineers and I was an engineer. <laughs> I was just about to graduate. Um, we'd all gone to school together. So I joined them, um, worked as a front end or well, full stack engineer there technically, uh, mostly focused on front end. Um, and then fell into a couple other opportunities and ended up at the job that I am at right now. Um, where I'm basically a full and full stack front end focused engineer again, um, for a completely different company. Okay. Yeah. I got into, uh, tech, my first job similar, similarly, but mm-hmm. at the end of as good. <laughs> um, so I know you told me once you freelanced, can you talk more about that? Yeah. So, um, for like three years of college, I freelanced to make some money, um, mostly. Uh, again, a lot of my story I feel like is just me getting really lucky. Um, but I uh, kind of came into uh, my university at a time when there were a lot of companies starting and a lot of people who were doing programming work. And so I freelanced for a few different software development companies. I freelanced for a couple like consulting companies where they were doing consulting and needed somebody to focus on a specific technology. Um, so I got to do that. Um, and I, I enjoy freelancing. I, part of the reason I got out of it was that I was very interested in what it would be like to work on a product that didn't just like end after a few months. I had done a lot of consulting work and a lot of freelancing work Mm -hmm. and it typically ended in a, like, this is the defined amount of work that we're going to do once that's finished, our connection with this company is done at least for now. Uh, you know, like there might be more work later kind of thing, but, um, there was a lot of just like, I would invest a lot of time and a lot of, uh, you know, heart into these things that I was building. I'd learn a lot by building them. I'd do all these different things. And then I would just kind of have to step away and and let them go and let other people kind of dictate how they were going to do. Um, and I was starting to get tired of that a little bit. So I moved away from freelancing and into product, um, like in, into product companies specifically. Um, I, I've always enjoyed freelancing and I, I pick up jobs every now and then as needed um, if I need to supplement my income in any way or anything. Okay. Uh, do you have any tips or lessons you want to share from freelancing? Keep track of your hours. <laughs> I'm really bad at that. I tend to forget to track my time, um, which usually ends up poorly for me because I don't like to charge um, hourly or like super hourly anyway. Um, I try to do project-based things, uh, which any project-based billing is just based off the hours that I think it's going to take. But then if I like go way over on that, I um, obviously I'm not making as much money per hour doing that. Um, So yeah, just track your time, get good at estimating um, how long things are going to take. And I think maybe from early in my freelancing career, just like own up to stuff when it happens. Um, People, people are much more willing, at least in my experience to, uh, to continue working with you and to be happy with you uh, when you're freelancing for them. If like something goes wrong and you don't just like blame it on something else, uh, I learned that because I was kind of 
bad at it in college. Uh, when I was doing some freelancing in college, you know, I'd have like three tests come up and a bunch of homework. And instead of being like, Hey, I'm really sorry. I had all these things come up. This feature that I promised by the end of the week is probably going to be, in, you know, next week. I would instead let it get to the end of the week, say, Oh, something came up with the code. Uh, you know, I, I've been working on this really hard, but uh, I haven't quite figured out what's going wrong here. Let me, you know, let me get back to you next week with how this is going. And I think if I had just owned up, instead of making it seem like there were always these crises that were coming up with their code or, or anything, um, I think it would have been a lot better for everyone involved. Uh, and I learned that pretty early and I started doing that with a lot of customers pretty early, but it can be hard sometimes. That's true. In terms of uh, bid, uh, pricing, some people also do value-based pricing instead of the fixed cost. So yeah, that's also something to keep in mind for new freelancers. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I I struggle a lot with my pricing early on um, because I, I it's hard, especially when you have kind of like imposter syndrome in a little bit of a way. Like um, at my school. I hadn't done a whole lot of programming before I got into college, like real actual programming before I got into college. Um, and there were people in my school who had been like programming since they were like four. Um, and so, so I had this like kind of imposter syndrome type thing where I was just like, I am not the best programmer here. So like, how can I even pretend to charge like a normal freelancing rate? Um, even though the work I was doing was good and it was accomplishing the problems that they needed solved. Um, so, so I had to kind of learn that, but, uh, once I did, I realized very quickly that like some really good tips that I could give freelancers early on was that like, basically take what you're charging and multiply it by two, if not three, like hourly. Um, because you have everyone, everyone in, in the world has a tendency to undercut their own value. Um, and if you multiply it like that, you're probably getting closer to your, your original value. Um, I mean, I was charging, I think at one point when I started like $50 an hour, um, which I thought was really high. Like looking at it, I was like, oh man, this is so much money. Uh, and I kind of started like playing around with my prices a little bit. And I think one project I was like, yeah, I'll do this for $175 an hour. So like over three times as much as I had charged for my last thing. And there was not even like a batting of the eye. They just said, okay, sounds good. So, uh, you know, I, I think it, it's a lot of that kind of thing where you just, you need to kind of play with your pricing, see what people are interested in. People who nickel and dime you are probably not customers you want anyway. Uh, they're going to be problematic in other ways. Yeah, that's definitely true. So do you have any lessons uh, from your career that you want to share to any new programmer or any programmer at all? Oh man, so many lessons. Um, <laughs> maybe not so much a lesson, it's more of a tip just in career in general, but um, I think it's important to find a mentor. Um, and, and I'm not great at finding mentors I'm, or maintaining like mentorship relationships, but um, I think one thing that, that you can do instead of a mentor, um, kind of, you know, in air quotes there, but like find people that are in your peer group and then like overshare with them. So, so tell them everything that's happening to you and like tell them your salary and tell them everything about your job and like what's going on. Um, because in that case, then everyone's kind of experiencing all of these things at the same time. 
And maybe someone that you talk to will have the answer to something that you just did uh, or that you're like going through right now. Um, and then in three months, you'll have an answer to something that they need. So, so you don't need like a, someone who is five or 10 years down the line from you to be your mentor. It can just be someone who's going through the same things as you, just maybe at a different pace or like in a different uh, timeline, right? Or order. Um, and that, that helped me a lot when I was trying to find like a group or a mentor to talk with was just realizing that a mentor doesn't have to be someone who is necessarily like older or wiser uh, than you. Yeah, I have, I made a group, a Slack group for, uh, I guess, to people to keep you accountable and you yeah. can share your goals and things like that and they help you out if they can. That's great. Yeah. Um, I'm actually in the process right now um, of putting together a, a Discord server um, oh, yes. where basically I think what the idea would be is to have community nights um, and like study rooms and stuff for people who are, are newer developers to come in and just to ask questions. Um, the community nights, hopefully like we could get a good number of people on there with a lot of different expertise. Um, yeah. So I, that's really cool. The, the accountability thing is incredibly good. It, it's so hard sometimes to be held accountable for the, the things that people want to do. Yeah, that's true. Um, so what programming language do you use? Yeah, I spend most of my time in JavaScript, specifically React. Uh, that's kind of my, uh, where I make my money. So my job is mostly working with React. I do a little bit of Ruby on Rails, um, just kind of as needed. I, like I said, I'm, I'm kind of a full stack dev, dev uh, with a little bit of like a front end focus. Um, but in the past I've done PHP, uh, a little bit of Python, I really enjoy bash and like bash scripting uh, and shell scripting in general. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it, mostly JavaScript. Um, that's kind of my first go-to tool if I need to finish something or work on a, a project is how can I do this in, in JavaScript? Okay. So what did you have any, when you were learning JavaScript, was that the first language you ever learned? Uh, no, I mean, sort of. I, uh, I learned like HTML, CSS, and JavaScript and with JavaScript being like, put jQuery on the page and make it so when you click this button, it turns red kind of thing. Um, but not so much like full stack JavaScript where you're, you're writing, you know, um, like Node or like React where it's a whole library or Angular or any of those major libraries uh, where you're doing massive state management in JavaScript. That was not what I learned originally. I... PHP was kind of my first um, state management library um, and WordPress specifically on that. Okay. Uh, so what misconception do you think most people have about programming? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> I think in general, people have this misconception that like, technology and programming languages can just like fix things that if you throw enough programming at a problem, that problem could be solved. Um, I think you run into this a lot with like artificial intelligence and machine learning uh, a yeah. lot where people just think like, Oh, we'll just, we'll just throw more machine learning resources at this or like artificial intelligence resources at this problem. And, and eventually it'll be fixed. Um, you know, you write code 
with a keyboard and that's basically like an extension of your hand, right? So it's really just an extension of you. Um, writing code is just like writing other things like words. Um, so anything that humans can't solve, code can't solve. Um, so I think that, that mis the misconception really comes down to just thinking that um, programming is always the answer. Um, and one, I guess this is also kind of in that vein, but one that I struggle with too um, is I have a real problem uh, with, with trying to make things perfect um, when really good enough is, is the best option for most things. You can always fix things later. Um, but a lot of times when I work on side projects, I run into like, well, this isn't, you know, exactly what I wanted it to be. This isn't exactly how I would have done this if I had, you know, a million dollars and four other developers that I was paying a good salary to, to write this software when it's like something that I'm working on completely alone. Um, and so that, I feel like sometimes I get held up by that. So, so that misconception there being just that like things have to be perfect or that, that code has to be perfect or done. Yeah. The way uh, most people, I think the best thing to do is start with an MVP, like, the yeah. minimum viable product, like if you have the main features and it does like the main thing you want to do, then you can release it and it's fine. And you can add more features as you go on. Yeah, for sure. I I very much struggle with that because um, I kind of have a like code perfectionist that lives inside of me, um, but. It is a really good point. Uh, MVPs are, are the best way to do those kinds of things. Yeah. Uh, so what do you like best about being a web developer? Uh, yeah, I, I don't think that I, I mean, I'm gonna modify just a little bit and say just being a developer in general. Um, I really like making stuff. Um, I've always really liked making stuff. I, I played with Legos a lot when I was a kid. Um, so to me, the web is kind of like, a faster, more interesting version of that, right? It's a bunch of pieces that I can put together and get something out at the end that potentially helps people um, or, or there to really like make people's lives better uh, if, if I'm doing what I'm doing right. Um, and that's always my hope is that at least somehow this, the work that I do is helping make other people's lives better in some way. Um, so yeah, just that ability to build things for people at rapid speeds uh, is what I really like about being a developer. Yeah, I think that's uh, one thing a lot of people like, but sometimes I feel like it gets lost while uh, down their career because then they're talking about the technologies, like this is the best technology, that's yeah. the best technology, instead of focusing on who you're building it for. And why you're building it? Yeah, for sure. I, uh, yeah, I think really rabbit holing on anything like that is a real problem because instead of being, how do we best build this thing to help these people? You get so caught up on like, how do we best build this thing? Um, so yeah, yeah. I, I guess that's kind of why I, I wanted to to change the question a little bit to not just be about web development because if in 10 years the web is not the thing that allows me to do that the best, like build something great for people that helps them, I won't be a web developer. I'll be whatever that thing is, you know? Yeah. 
Uh, so do you have anything to say before we end? Uh, not really. Thank you so much for having me on here. Um, this has been a lot of fun. I, <laughs> this is my first podcast that I've ever done. So um, oh, nice. Thanks for being on my podcast. Yeah. <laughs>